Here's what's coming up on today's show. I think what people don't realize many times is that it could be more beneficial to them to actually utilize the Roth, even though they don't see that benefit on the front end tax-wise. It could amount to you know a bigger benefit yeah. later. Welcome to Marsha on Money with Marsha Harris, the founder and CEO of Unified Wealth and Retirement Planning. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Marsha on Money. Thanks for tuning into the podcast with Marsha Harris and myself as we're going to talk traditional versus Roth IRA. Going to break this down a little bit. It seems there's still people that definitely don't understand the two of them, and that's okay. You don't do this every day. So we're just going to kind of try to clear the picture of a little bit as we talk about these two different types of investing tools. What's going on, Miss Marsha? How are you today? I'm doing fabulous. How are you, Mark? Doing pretty good. We are into late July for this episode. It is quite toasty. It is quite hot, um, but I guess that's, you know, it's summer, right? So had some rough weather this month too. Sure did. We've had storms that have just been, you know, packing some 80 to 100 mile an hour wind gusts, which has been crazy and a lot of flooding. And yeah, it's been a really strange weather season. It, it's so. been a hot month, that's for sure. And very strange all around. So, but you know, I guess that's to be expected, right? So at this point, it seems like we're always having those kinds of conversations where whether it's wildfires or hurricanes or whatever the case is. So it, it, it is kind of is what it is. Hopefully everybody is faring well though, and, uh, and doing well with all that good stuff. But let's talk about our topic here when it comes to the financial stuff. Um, you know, a lot of people obviously are familiar with the terms. They're familiar with these financial tools, but sometimes there's still a little confusion, as I mentioned. So let's just kind of break it down a little bit. Can you first just give us a, a quick overview of the different between, difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth? Sure. So traditional IRAs are generally a result of people investing into employer-sponsored plans in their working years. And then at retirement, or maybe not necessarily retirement, but at some point they leave that job. And whether they're exiting the workforce altogether or just a career change, that money becomes available to then be rolled over. So it leaves that employer plan, maybe 401k, and it goes into a an IRA. It becomes an individual retirement arrangement. That's which right. Is an arrangement between mm-hmm. you and the IRS. Little yeah. known fact. We most of the time we say account, right? But that's right. Yeah. That's right. A little known fact. And um, so yeah, that's that's why. The majority of individuals' assets that have been saved over the years are in these traditional IRA accounts because generally we're putting most of our money away in our working years into these employer plans. And that's our tax-deferred one, right? That's our tax-deferred. That's right. So that money has gone in pre-tax, goes in you know, out of your check, and it reduces your taxable income by that amount, and it has never seen you know, the tax light of day. So it's grown tax deferred Mm -hmm. and which is opposite of what we know to be Roth IRAs. And Roth IRAs have been very powerful tools to utilize, but they haven't been around nearly as long as traditional IRAs. I think the so, 90s, right? Early 90s, something like late, that. Late late 90s, like late 90s? 90, okay. 98, I believe. I believe. So yeah, they are they are tax-free accounts where so you're not getting that benefit from a tax standpoint mm-hmm. on the front end like you do with the traditional IRA where that money's gone in pre-tax. Um, it's more of an after-tax situation, but the benefit is on the back end. So right. when you take the money out, you don't have to pay 
any tax on those you pay dollars, it going in. including all the gains. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, you pay it going in, not when it comes out. And you were correct. It was late 90s, 1997. So kudos to you. Oh, um, named gold for, star. Yeah, there you go. Named for <laughs> Senator Roth, actually, who sponsored the, uh, it was part of the Taxpayer Relief Act of 1997. So there you go. There you go. Uh, all right. So why do you think so many people have contributed more to a traditional which is what we tend to see, versus the Roth. Yes, it is newer, so that could be maybe one component. Um, but just over the course of their lives, is it just because it's traditional? I mean, it's like right there in the title. like It's something we just, we're kind of taught to do, so we just do it. I'm sure that's part of it. Yeah, okay. I, I, it's probably you know a combination of things. I think that and and also the fact that we haven't had as long you know, as access to a Roth as what we have these other IRAs. So we just haven't been able to have the years of putting into them. And then also remember there's that tax benefit on the front end for what you're contributing into the traditional IRA. So the bulk of your your retirement monies that you're saving in these employer plans get rolled over into a traditional IRA, like I'd mentioned before. But then certainly you can still contribute to a traditional IRA outside of that. And you can make those contributions each year as long as you have earned income. And I think primarily people are using those vehicles over a Roth because of that pre-tax you know, benefit, the mm-hmm. fact that you're right. reducing your taxable income dollar for dollar for every dollar that you're putting into that IRA. People, obviously, we all want to save on taxes. It's a, it's a dollar saved is a dollar sure, in your pocket. Exactly. So we always want to do that. But um I think what people don't realize many times is that it could be more beneficial to them to actually utilize the Roth, even though they don't see that benefit on the front end tax-wise. It could amount to you know a bigger benefit yeah. later. Well, nobody likes to pay taxes, right? So I get it, right? And that's it's easy. Well, hey, let me just kick that joker down the road, right? I don't want to, <laughs> I want to pay those taxes. I'll just do <laughs> right. that later. And that's I think that's probably one of the reasons why we also continue to go with the traditional because it's like, hey, yeah, I'll just you know I'll save the money now and, and you know deal with it later on. But as we get closer to retirement, well, then we start to realize we're setting on a tax time bomb, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's where the Roth can be powerful. That was my next question, but you kind of already answered it. So we're going to go into some more pieces here. But because you can, you know, um, you know, not have to pay the taxes, as you mentioned, if you've got the Roth because you pay it going in, it can be beneficial later in life. So let's actually bring up the fact about converting. It's, that's technically not on our list, but what people have been doing greatly the last couple of years, Marcia, is doing a conversion from their traditional to the Roth and paying the taxes now because we are in a lower tax bracket. Or so we have been anyway for a while. We have been, yeah. We we are still in historically low tax brackets. And, you know, the question that we have to ask ourselves, you know, when doing any kind of tax planning is do we think that's going to continue? We don't know. No one knows, right? For sure other than maybe the powers that be that get to make those decisions. Uh, but do we think that tax rates are going to go up or go down or stay right. the same? I mean, Because it's, it's one of those three things, right. right? We look at some of the things that would cause an increase to tax rates and, and to see are those things happening. And when we see excessive spending like we do at the government level, you know, something has to pay for all of that. So there is a high likelihood that tax rates will go up. So if you can convert those assets that are have grown tax deferred and will be taxable to you down the road, you can do that today in a tax bracket where you can kind of control that tax right. liability because you know what your tax rate is. 
versus, as you said, kick it down the road. The can is still going to be there when you arrive at used to be 70 and a half and now it's 72. Right. And the IRS says, hey, whether you need to take that money out or not, not our, not <laughs> Where's our concern, my cut? Right. <laughs> we want the tax. So That's right. You need to take it out. And if you don't, we're going to penalize you. You know, if you do it, then there's a chance that you may be in that higher yeah. Higher I tax mean, bracket if they raise rates. If you're in what it was 18 or maybe 22% now, let's say, when we're in historically low tax environments, and let's say it's another 20 years, just hypothetical, right? You're just getting into retirement and you, you know, you're 65 and now you're 85 and you got to pull it out and maybe possibly the taxes are, you know, now you're at 30% or 32 or who knows what, right? Because we have so much deficit going on. Uh, yeah. So that's why conversions have been very, very popular the last number of years. People have been doing Roth conversions. And so it's something to kind of you know think about if you are finding yourself with that large ticking tax time bomb in a traditional. I wanted you to kind of share an example, if you could, Marsha, on someone who you know maybe might want to be looking at the Roth. Now, there are income limitations. So that, that kind of throws a little bit of a monkey in the wrench. Yes, there are. And you know if you are single, on your tax return, you file single versus married filing jointly. You're going to have different limitations as well. And and you can contribute to the Roth as long as you're not uh, phased out. So there's a range if you are under a certain amount of income as a single filer. And I want to say that's, you know, once you're at 144,000, I think is when right you're on the number completely of yep. being able to contribute. Yep, you're you're um, absolutely right. 144 is it for for uh, 2022? That's the uh, the the modified adjusted gross income, the the Maggie, <laughs> yeah, the, the Magi, yeah, Magi. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yes, yes, you got it. So if you're, you know, maybe it's 129, 130 thousand or less, you can you can contribute to the Roth and do a full contribution. Mm-hmm. So six thousand dollars a year, unless you're over age 50, and then you can do 7,000. You could actually put all of that in. If you're somewhere between that 130-ish number up to that 144, Mm -hmm. then you start to be phased out. So you can still contribute, but not as much. And then once you're at the 144, you would not be eligible to make any contributions into the Roth. And then the numbers are higher, of course, for a married couple. So yeah, it's two fourteen. It's not for yeah, it's not for everyone because you do have those limitations. But certainly, when you look at those numbers, a lot of people fall into that category that are are going to be well within the you know the income limits to be able to contribute. And there is a way to contribute as well called a backdoor Roth. Uh, if you would, if you make more than that, it's a little. It's not complicated, and it's completely legal. And it sounds like it's a shady term, right? Backdoor Roth, but mm-hmm. um, basically, you just you wind up doing a traditional IRA, right? And then you just do the conversions that we talked about earlier. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So that is that is a workaround. Um, if you're over the income limits, mm-hmm. you certainly can do that. Just contribute to the traditional, turn around and convert that, and. Yeah. You know, you can do that multiple times. A couple extra times, steps, so. but still could be a useful yeah. tool, right? It's a useful Absolutely. strategy for those who uh, want to take advantage of that. And again, it's all going to depend on your your planning and your strategy. But that's why we're talking about the differences today, just to kind of share some of that information. Now, I've heard people say, Marcia, that based on your age, it may not make sense. So what do you think from that standpoint? Like if you're uh, if you're younger right now, you know, you should definitely be pumping into the Roth IRA. I hear a lot of people say that because you're younger, you're definitely mm-hmm. making within the limitations more than likely, right? The income limits that we just t- uh, touched on. So you should probably pay in the Roth into the putting into the Roth because, again, you're at a lower tax bracket. You're paying the lower taxes going in now. But if you're older, I've heard, I hear a lot of advisors say if you're, you know, 65, 70, 
and you're still contributing because you're still working, maybe the traditional is where you should be putting it. What do you think? Well, I think every situation's different. I always have to say that because I it it just is. Right. Um, I think as a general rule, yes, if you're younger and you have a higher likelihood that you're going to see higher tax rates in your lifetime, right? Because you have a longer life and expectancy. your timeline. Yeah, your timeline's long. Yeah, your timeline too. So certainly, if you're putting that money um, to work for you in something that down the road is tax free, how powerful is that? Right. Versus something right. that. You know these twenty-two percent brackets today that you may be in could be thirty-two or forty-two. I mean, yeah, believe it or not, the highest, I think, the highest tax bracket in the history uh, of our tax code for married couples was like ninety-six percent. It was, yeah, just crazy, yeah. right? So During it's World hard for us to even fathom that today because we've seen these low rates for so long, with our highest being around forty percent. So if but that should tell you something. If we're at 40 and we've been as high as 96, it seems like there's a lot of room for those numbers to go up. So I do think that, you know, younger, uh, sure, unless they're really needing that pre-tax deduction, younger people too typically aren't making the kind of money yet where we kind of get into that area of needing, you know, that tax break, like right. trying to reduce that taxable income as much as we can. Um, so it could just be a real opportune time before they get into that, uh, the higher income level to be putting into the Roth. So it just, you know, it really just depends on the situation, but I do have older clients who have actually switched over to doing Roth contributions versus the traditional mm -hmm. because they don't really need those tax breaks anymore at this point. It's right. not That's, yeah. impacting them negatively to not do that. And what we always like to do is, and I, and I tell people this, even that you know we're not working with yet. If you do your own taxes or you have someone else who's doing them for you, you can always run a what if analysis to see, you know, if I shift from these traditional IRA contributions to Roth, does that hurt me? Does that help me? Is it really, doesn't really impact me very much tax-wise now? Then I think the argument is if it doesn't really change your tax situation now, then it's a benefit to you later, right? Because right. it's tax-free money. And again, those tax rates, high probability that we're going to see an increase. So why not try to avoid that? you know, that implication as much as you can. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great point. That was kind of what I was trying to allude, allude to there. So thanks for kind of clarifying that for the listeners. I, I wasn't doing a good job with that. So thanks for kind of illustrating that. No, you were that. doing great. Uh, you are always doing great. And that's where people are at, right? And and so we're seeing all this inflation we talked about. We're seeing all the, you know, the the money spending and, you know, are we going to probably be in a tax, higher tax bracket? Yeah, probably so. I mean, I think the, the easy bet there is probably going to fall on that. Uh, and to your point, yeah, that 90% that tax rate was at after World War II, was actually actually existed quite a while uh, through the fifties and even up to nineteen sixty. Uh, granted, that's the highest you know the rate for the high income earners. But same thing even in the seventies, where there's so much conversation right now about how. Uh, these times feel very reminiscent of the 70s, right? Because of the inflation, because of the gas prices and so on and so forth. Uh, and that, you know, the highest income tax brackets was around 65%, right? So mm -hmm. it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that sometime in the next few years, these historically low tax rates that we're currently in are going to go bye-bye. If nothing else, they're going to go bye-bye in 2026 when the current law sunsets. So starting right. in 2026, right? So. It, that's why it's important to think about, look at your accounts, look at what you have. Do you have that traditional? Do you have, you know, we use the million dollars as an example a lot of times because it's an easy number. Do you have a million bucks sitting in a traditional, you know, uh, 
IRA you know, as you're getting close to retirement, do you need to think about converting some of that at the lower tax brackets? Now, that's all part of that strategy conversation that you do, Marsha, right? When you're talking with people about looking at the overall thing, it's not just income planning. It's also tax prep and tax planning and you know, st- social security strategy. I mean, all those pieces come together. Oh, they do. Absolutely. And I am such a proponent of Roth conversion when it makes sense. It's not for everyone. Sure. You know, I as really nothing, <laughs> there is no financial solution or product that's right for every person. Right. So, right. Um, but for many people it is. And I, I contributed to a book about this, which was on this topic of kind of diffusing that, you know, tax time bomb that's awaiting you in retirement if you have most of your money in these qualified accounts that are tax deferred. Um, Roths have some nice benefits that those accounts don't have. Like you're not forced to take required minimum distributions and you're able to leave these monies um, to your beneficiaries tax-free. So not only are you not creating a potential you know, huge tax situation for yourself, you're also not doing that to your loved ones that may inherit those assets. Right. Yep. So it's all comes, you know, all comes back to strategy, right? All comes back to getting a plan in place. Uh, And that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons why we do the podcast is to share some hopefully useful nuggets of information. If you're not already working with Marsha, then consider reaching out to her and having a conversation about your retirement strategy or lack thereof. A lot of people just don't have one. Uh, They start listening to podcasts like ours to, you know, kind of figure out who it is that they want to talk to. And that's great. That's one way of, you know, kind of vetting people and learning a bit more about them and their philosophy. So consider subscribing to the podcast. Marsha on Money is the name. You can just simply type that into the search box of whatever app you like to use, like Apple or Google or Spotify. Uh, We're on all the major platforms there. So you can just find it that way. Or you can just stop by our website and find everything there at unifiedwealthplanning.com. That's unifiedwealthplanning.com. Marsha is the founder and CEO and investment advisor representative, and she's here to help if you've got some questions along the way. Marsha, thanks for hanging out and breaking down these two uh, pretty well-known pieces, but kind of trying to simplify that for folks a bit. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you, Mark. And you have a great week. Have a great remainder of your month, and I will see you soon in August. I'll see you then. All right. We'll catch you next time right here on Marsha on Money. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, the heart button, whatever it is on the different apps you like to use. And we'll see you next time right here on the podcast. The opinions expressed by Marsha Harris and guests on this radio show are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this station. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine if it is suitable for your specific situation. This program is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to subject covered. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Unified Wealth Planning are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Any comments regarding safe and secure products and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. Index or fixed annuities are not designed for short-term investments and may be subject to caps, restrictions, fees, and surrender charges as described in the annuity contract. Guarantees are backed by the 
financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuer. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all of our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and to make full disclosure of any conflicts of interest, if any exist. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV 2A page 4, for additional information.